Hello everyone. How's everyone doing today? Not like you can talk to us, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, guys.、Um, thanks for tuning in to our podcast, Two Eggs on Toast, on a beautiful Saturday afternoon.、Mm. Hoylin's back in Melbourne. She's finally kicking back after a lot of.、Uh, Hard work and dedication over the past few weeks. Is that right? Yes, I am proud to say that today is my first Saturday that I can officially just relax and not do anything. So really, really happy about that. What a way to spend spend your first Saturday like yeah, that. Yeah,、mm. it's been good. How are you doing, Dee? Yeah, I've been well. So been in Canberra now for over a month and a half, and settling in quite well in my new role,、mm-hmm. and. Yeah, overall,、um, I think this podcast kind of has documented my, you know, going from very beginnings where I just had come here until now where I'm a lot more settled. So it's been interesting to see the change.、Um, but yeah, overall, doing really well. You know, have a few catch ups lined up this weekend, but other than that, just、um, just chilling at home and doing some cooking.、Mm, sounds productive. Yeah, it kind of is. So,、yeah. what do we have on the cards for today? Today, we will be talking about extracurricular activities and part-time jobs that will help you in the real world. Are there any jobs which don't help you in the real world? That's true. <laughs> I guess jobs do help you in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> But just、yeah. in general, I guess more、um, things you can do outside of school and outside of uni that will help you. Lay a good foundation of what you want to do in the future, right? Yeah, exactly. Can't wait to talk about our experiences today. Yeah, no,、um, it's going to be a good podcast, I、yeah. think. And we've got a lot to reminisce about in our own time, <laughs> but also things where we can be like, I should not have done it like this. Yeah, yeah, the mistakes we made. So today we thought that we'd actually combine the high school and uni episode because there wasn't much to talk about with just high school, and yeah, because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to uni and extracurricular and really getting involved in part-time work and whatnot. We thought we'd just combine those two episodes. So deep. What extracurricular activities did you do? Yeah, I think in high school I felt incredibly inadequate. With all the extracurricular that I didn't do, that I overcompensated at uni.、Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so I ended up in uni getting involved with as many different things as I possibly could, and that had actually set me up quite well for when you actually go out there to get a job. In high school, there isn't really that compulsion to go out there and put yourself out there and like. Get involved with as many things because you've still got that time at uni, but in uni you kind of have to do that because they look at that stuff when you go for a job, whereas when you go from high school to uni it's not that big of a deal. So, in terms of what I did in high school, it mainly centered around what my friends were doing. So whether that be sport, I played tennis for about ten or so years, including some time at uni.、Um, I played or I did other, you know. Like smaller extracurriculars, like table tennis, or we'd go and like play basketball. We'd have like a chess competition as well from week to week,、um, and we'd just rotate between different activities in school time. And I think that it was more in high school. It was more from a kind of rejuvenate myself, get myself、um, to ex- explore all kinds of options that are out there. So. Yeah, why don't yeah. you talk us through some things? Yeah, with- sure. It sounds like you've had quite a all-rounded experience in high school, which is 
what every kid should be able to have so I was similar but I mainly focused on music I was really serious about it and I played violin for probably 18 years I still play casually so yeah with sport I didn't really do much I was in a cross-country team didn't really like it which is a regret of mine I feel like if I stuck to it I could have I don't know what I could have done but I feel like I should have done more sport <laughs> that's that's a conclusion I'm making in uni I didn't really know what I was doing in my first year and didn't join any clubs and in second year I something just clicked in me and I joined like six committees which really wasn't the best idea but it's it's what I did to compensate yeah, we for... both overset, overcompensated <laughs> I know right? I know in a really unhealthy way but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's okay but yeah those are the extracurricular activities I did I think mm. um yeah you know in high school it's more about trying to get in involved wherever you can with your friends whereas at uni it's more about setting yourself up for the future maybe if you stuck with your cross country would be seeing you you know you'd be famous you'd be on google satellite images going from <laughs> melbourne to adelaide i'd won imagine Olympic that gold. <laughs> i know no. right you'd be like you'd be in japan today right yeah i'm you a don't consultant be in now japan. Yeah. <laughs> um that's interesting so we've had a range of different i think extracurricular activities that we've done and these have taught us a lot of different things, right? Mm. What was some of your best extracurricular activities that you did that taught you the most in both high school and uni, over both high school and uni? I think the most notable one in high school, and I've talked about this a lot in the previous episode, it was the time when I became a prefect in Malaysia and also a lot of music, but I'll talk about the prefect part because... I feel like that really developed my character and who I am today as a person. Basically what we had to go through was a really serious training program um, to become a prefect and a prefect is a person who is a role model and helps teachers discipline other students in the school. For example, shutting people up in assembly or reprimanding people when they break the rules which we had to memorize um, the demerit points of. Yeah, we had to undertake a really serious training program run by other prefects who were in probably year 10 and year 11, and I was in year 8. One of the most intense things I've experienced during this program was prefects camp. And it was a camp where I learned a lot of things and I was also terrified for my life. They took away our phones so our parents couldn't contact us, which was actually a big problem. But the first thing we did in the camp was a huge team building activity, much like the Amazing Race, which was really fun. But then after that, uh, we went to sleep for the, for the night and we were woken up at 5 a.m dragged down to the lobby where we had to stand for for maybe an hour or two in silence and yeah. Wait, let me let me just clarify so <laughs> you're at this camp yeah you've left your phone with the teacher so you can't contact your parents mm -hmm. your camp the camp is supposed to be developing your leadership skills but what it seems to be doing is it's turning you into a police officer i know and right? a dictator <laughs> yeah like, it you don't really like think it. of that when you're in year eight. You just think, oh my god, like, I'm in trouble, I'm not ready for this, I'm terrified. And you're just there in the middle of, like, 6am in the morning. It honestly sounds like some sort of a military training scheme, like, right out of yeah. one of those war books, <laughs> dystopian novels. Oh my god, yeah, it was like, like 1984. 1984. <laughs> exactly, they actually manipulated us so much in this program to the point where you know we all felt like we were being watched all the time the prefects would come up to us and say 
hey, I know that you did something wrong um, in this duty that you did. And he'd be like, how, how the hell did you know? There wasn't anyone around me. And then slowly he would just go crazy. And I thought I had something in my prefect badge that was like a small camera or something. I actually was- oh, Like a tracker. Yeah, or... I was like, does this piece of plastic have like security and card? Like, <laughs> surveillance everywhere on your school. And mm. you'd be like, You'd be super, and, and I guess, how did this impact you when you came here? Because you would be super scared of... Yeah, so, okay, you've been put together with all these people and your parents aren't able to contact you because you've left your phone in some sort of a, a locker somewhere. Yeah. What happens now? So what did you do at the camp? Basically, they they woke us up at 5am the next day and made us stand in the lobby with the lights off for maybe one to two hours and line by line, all the, all the probationary prefects started to disappear and never come back. And I was like, what the hell? And then I started to get led off to somewhere and it was like a huge classroom full of, you know, current prefects. And they were kind of giving us a real life simulation of what a really naughty class would be like. So they were fighting with each other. They were making a lot of noise. They were climbing the tables. They had all these earrings on, which was a big no in our school. Nails painted and we had to do our best to reprimand them and put the class in order. And they would just, you know, defy anything we said. And it was really, really scary because not only were they doing this to you, but they were also judging how well we were doing at the same time. Um, and then how they did would... you do that as like a 13? It would have been 13, 14 at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And so. in terms of like, did you look very, you probably didn't look very intimidating either. Yeah, so it looked like a little baby. How did baby. you do this? Um, <laughs> yeah, I just went in there and I started screaming at everyone till they sit down, which is what you have to do. This is why you yeah. don't make Willian angry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm actually really good at screaming. Which is another thing they made us do on this camp. They basically made us yell through our diaphragms. And if we weren't yelling loud enough, they would scream at us to yell even louder. Which is really scary, you know, <laughs> for a 13-year-old person who... I, I think I'm naturally soft-spoken as well. So it really didn't hide well for me. And a lot of prefects got angry at me because I couldn't yell that loudly. Yeah, so they would make us wow. yell the school song across the hall. And then they would bring us to a swimming pool and make us shout school news and tell us off really, really violently if we laughed at the news or, you know, if we found anything funny. And it was funny because the news was written in a really weird way and it was made for us to laugh at. So, yeah, I don't know why they did that. But this, literally, <laughs> this literally seems like you've ripped a page out of like a 1984 dystopian like novel. Yeah. It is super scary. And like, I know we were talking about um, extracurricular activities before, but this is bizarre. It's almost like, I want to know how did this shape you? Not only, obviously when you arrived in Australia, it would have shaped you in a certain way, right? But also I want to know how did it shape you today? Like, do you think that it helped or? Because this environment was so intense in Malaysia, I had to be a prefect. I had to have good grades because I was a prefect. And I also had to be one of the best musicians in school because that's that was my thing back then. I wasn't really feeling pressure because I was under this every day. I thought it was reality. So I had to just live with it. But when I got to Australia, the environment was really different. And I guess it was such a big change that I was almost like really um, uncomfortable with how big the contrast was. I saw everybody as a competitor and that was totally not necessary because Australia isn't really a very competitive 
competitive environment, but I was unnecessarily competing in everything. I was upset because people weren't competing with me. I became almost hostile、mm. in the way I saw other people. I started to hate them for no reason if they did one thing better than me. So yeah, I was like that for maybe a couple of years. And I eventually just got used to how people were here, but to be pulled away from, you know, that I guess toxic environment in Malaysia, so suddenly I just felt like fish out of water. Does this kind of still linger with you today, or? I think the good things linger with me today. I'm not very. Unnecessarily competitive anymore. Yeah, I'm really good at shouting、uh, if I have to, but I don't usually. The tip is to use your diaphragm. I think、yes. it's definitely taught me a lot of resilience. I find that I don't really give up if I have a goal. It also really helped me put a tough face in really difficult situations. Like there was this one time I was told to go inside a room, and once I entered it, it was the entire prefects board sitting there, and I was just facing them. They started to interrogate and interview me about the things I've done wrong, about what I could do better, and what I thought my limitations were, and I had to, I guess, expose myself. In front of all these people, like what the hell? I was not、oh、expecting this on a random Tuesday, but I had to do it. And after that, I was so overwhelmed when I exited the classroom. I just like broke down in class. No, in orchestra. Yeah, that was really embarrassing. It's almost as if they they preempted that. They made you feel so intimidated that, of course, as a thirteen year old, you're gonna break down. And yeah, they they, they thrive off of this as well. It's kind of like the. Training you for the military almost、mm. because of their very stringent rules about this and yeah yeah it's a huge it's a power trip but it definitely also taught me to be assertive with people that I don't know that well because I was just thirteen and I was reprimanding like sixteen year olds which who were like three times my height right、um, yeah but yeah I I think. I definitely have more so, confidence now to speak to people, to really say what I think, and I guess know my worth as well. Because I came into that program a really shy like person who didn't really speak that much. But after that, I could talk to anyone in the school, and I wasn't really scared of telling someone that they did something wrong when, when they were so much older than me. And I think that has really stuck to me. Still can't tell someone you like them though. <laughs> <laughs> That never、Look. goes away. But <laughs> <laughs>、uh, yeah. no, it's uh, it's interesting that it's kind of built your character, and I think that I see that when you're approaching other people in in different teams and whatnot at your company. So,、mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely helps in the the real world as well. But、yeah. it's an inter- it's a really interesting experience that you've shared. I kind of had a similar thing moving here from back in India,、mm-hmm. and. Where there, it's very competitive. It's hyper competitive to even get in the top thirty percent of the class、um, because you have to do all this tutoring. You have to basically beat everyone else in some way, shape, or form. And when I came here, it was again that culture shock of like, hey, you, you don't have to go home, and your mom doesn't have to constantly, you know.、Um, Grind,、uh, yeah, almost grind into you what you need to know, right? Your mum, it's not an expectation that parents will be the ones who are shoving things into your head almost last minute before an exam. It's not an expectation that you're going to have an exam every single day, and so 
that was a, a big shock to me. Because I remember having I ended an up exam thinking, every time since kindergarten. And then year nine hit yes. and I was in Australia and there were no exams. And I was like, what? What else do I do with my time? <laughs> it's like every day I'm just preparing for the exam the next day. Yeah. And when you come here, it's, there are very few. There's like one a week, maybe one in every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And you just don't feel like everyone's out there to get you. And I think that that lets you be a lot more creative and a lot more free. I feel like when you're in that sort of environment, you become quite constrained in your thinking because all you're thinking about is the next exam. Yeah. Whereas here, you can think of new ideas. You can try and experiment with things. Um, if you're not good at them, then you, you have the flexibility to fail and try something different. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, um, it's a very interesting story. Um, regarding your extracurricular experiences. Yeah, I'm really glad I got to experience two forms of education in two countries. Really teaches yeah. you how to be a lot more open-minded because you might have a lot of success, you know, if you... I stayed in Malaysia the whole time, but I would never have known to just chill and stop being so competitive and stop being so toxic in a way you viewed other people. Not everything is about grades and the type of person you are and your music skills, you know, there's more to life than that. So, yeah. Um, in terms of what extracurriculars I would have liked to do, oh, well, I did, and what, what extracurriculars I would have liked to do, I think in high school, the focus is really on <clears throat> trying to understand the vast amount of careers that you have and then picking a good path forward. Um... I got involved, I think it was very early on, but I got involved with some hackathons and some, um, you know, coding classes very early on. And this is something that you can pick up by yourself, but I ended up doing that very early, um, you know, through high school, because you know, we were all given the opportunity to learn that sort of stuff just in, you know, every week we'd have a half an hour class of, of just that. And that helped me to have a, a step forward into that kind of area. And then I could really develop my creativity in that area as it, um, as I went through the later stages of high school and uni. One of the things that I made, I remember at the time with someone else was a projector system. So you can control the projectors from a, an app. So anyone could like put the projectors up and down, change what's shown on the projectors, flip the projectors around, that sort of thing. Although mm -hmm. initially it was made with non-malicious intent. It was just made with like, oh God, what hey, happened? you know, um, you can, you can put the projectors up and down, you know, whatever, you know, for teachers to use it. Oh. It ended up being used for mock-up day pretty much every single year. Mockup day? 100%, yeah. Um, How do you use a projector in mockup day? Project videos on there about oh, your teachers. Right. And you, like, put John Cena's pictures with one of your teacher's heads on top of it. <laughs> Wait, that's actually so, a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we ended up doing with those yeah. projectors. And um, we, uh, funnily enough, because it was my initial time coding it, we actually ended up publicly leaking out the um, secret key for the projector that's used to, to oh log God. in, like the username yep. and password for the projector. 
And until last year, it was still online on my GitHub. And then some guy from the school contacts me and he's like, Hey, Deep, I noticed on your GitHub you've still got the keys. Can you please remove it from your GitHub account? So, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what happened with my extracurriculars at, in high school. Um, I did some other ones as well, like sport and stuff, but that was more just mm. to keep healthy. I think this kind of wanting to know more about tech, um, it helped me at uni as well because I was able to explore this kind of passion further. And yeah. although I didn't end up going down that very heavy programming route, I still owe a lot of my foundations to that experience that I had at high school. So To the projector experience. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Trolling's teachers... And if an interviewer asks you how you became interested in technology, you can tell them the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. If it's, you know, teachers would just be doing their classrooms and somehow randomly mm. all the projectors would just go up. <laughs> <laughs> or like they'd flip That's the great. projectors around so the... Um, whatever you saw on the left was on the right. Mm. And yes. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Especially since they're not like technology oriented. A lot of teachers don't know how to use a projector. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you guys just in the corner <laughs> being a menace. But yeah, sounds oh, fun. Yeah. Hey, yeah, one of my friends bad. made like a clone of the, a replica of the school login website and tried to uh-huh. circulate that and collect all of the, everyone's login details. So at least I'm a little bit better. Mm. Wow, this is what happens in a science school when you put all the nerdy kids together. This is what you do. <laughs> Impressive. Uh-huh. Well, you know, it was fun while it lasted, I think. Yeah. What do you think you would have done differently if you could go back to high school in terms of extracurriculars and uni as well, I guess? That's a good question. I think that my extracurriculars gave me that depth of experience that I needed to get into a field that I thought that I was really passionate about. But what it didn't do was give me a breadth of experience. Um, One thing I realized when I started at uni is that 15-year-olds are actually paid the least. They need to be paid the least. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to get a job as a 15-year-old compared to a 18- or 19-year-old. Although they can only be hired during off-school hours it's easier to get a job as a 15-year-old at, you know, a Macca's or a fast food restaurant or any sort of, um, you know, restaurant, pharmacy, that sort of place. Mm-hmm. So it's a good idea to start applying for, for those sorts of roles um, early on. Whereas if you do it at uni, chances are that it's, you're going to face a lot more rejection. Do you think more 15-year-olds should apply for part-time jobs? and stick to the job until until they reach uni? Um, there's actually two types of people in this world. And yeah. I think each of these types should do different things. So what I mean by that is, if you're the type who doesn't really have any idea of what they want to do with their life, with their career, and is kind of floating between different options and trying to work out what exactly they want to focus on, I think getting a part-time job can kind of help you utilize that extra time that you have outside of school to just do get an outlet for other things right like talk to other people there get exposure to people who've been working um, know what it's like to get a job and to get paid so that's good experience if you're someone though that really knows what you want to be doing in the future um, like 
or at least has a good idea. Like, for example, I, you know, was very heavy on technology. Like I wanted to get into a technical career. And so if you're like that, then definitely spend that time rather than going on a job, just explore the field that you want to be a part of and see what you want to do in that field. There's lots mm-hmm. of opportunities these days on things like Fiverr and Upwork. And maybe we can get to like COVID-19 advice later on and how the people who are going through high school today could be looking into, you know, jobs because there's very likely, it's very likely that Hungry Jacks would not be on their top one list of places to work at at the moment. So yeah, it's about um, trying to understand where you want to be headed and getting a job there if you can. I think though a lot of high school kids don't really know where they want to be headed. Exactly. I definitely know that I was really clueless. I was just focusing on getting good ATA and what was happening right now. It's good that you kept yourself engaged with something like violin because that helps mm. you that helps you grow your brain as well. It really does. Yeah. Kind of helps you take a break even though it really doesn't feel like a break from studying. Kind of refreshes you in a sense. I think mm. people with music backgrounds will understand. But mm. well, did you yeah. think that your violin career would have taken off, or I don't know. I was never really planning to have a career in violin. I almost did, but I think I gave myself that limitation and told myself that I would never really make it as a soloist. And there are too few spots in orchestras for me to actually make it. And the other alternative was teaching, and I didn't really want to go down that route. I kind of just told myself that I wouldn't become a violinist professionally. I think I would have liked to because I love playing orchestra so much. It's so fun, but I just thought it was not worth the risk. What are your thoughts on getting involved with teaching early? I know that some of my friends were doing, you know, swimming lessons or tennis or that sort of um, part-time job. Mm -hmm. Do you reckon even in uni, What's like your go-to job um, for people who are, say, coming into uni right now and they can't find a part-time job? What's your, what's your go-to there? Depending on your skills and your ATAR, you should definitely get into tutoring, teaching or t- coaching of some sort. You know, one, it pays a lot of money. Two, it really helps you develop the communication skills that you need to do well in the real world and in interviews and talking to bosses. I think that would really help you might not look that great on your resume because it's very overused, but if you apply the skills well, it can get you to a lot of places. I think it also teaches you a lot about building your own brand. Yeah, so I'll actually take you through what I did during the start of my uni career. So I ended up working a few fast food jobs or retail and fast food jobs. So I worked at JB Hi-Fi and then I worked at at Hungry Jack's um, and a few other like smaller companies in the middle. And what I found is, is that doing fast food or doing retail, while it is good, it doesn't give me the time to be able to focus on what I wanted to focus on, which was building my career in technology. And in order to do that, I wanted to focus on building like a personal brand there. I wanted to focus on my skill set and developing that. And, you know, Hungry Jacks, for example, wouldn't let me do any less than nine hours per week. And so 
that was the challenge was to to balance uni with that and with doing what what I was passionate about and what would actually get me a job. I ended up quitting Hungry Jacks and then deciding on doing tutoring, which was only two or three hours a week. It would get me paid a little bit less per hour. I was getting paid a lot more. But what it would allow me to do is it would allow me to look for other jobs in my the time that I got. And that allowed me to get a web developer job and then go from there. So um, developing your skills and using those skills to find relevant work experience is far more important than um, working nine hours a day at a a fast food or retail place. um, So just so that you can have it on your resume. I worked at a fast food place and a retail place and also did some tutoring all at the same time. So I had three jobs and I was a part of six committees. So did not have a good work-life balance. But the reason why I got the jobs and stuck with it at fast food and retail is because, yes, I, I wanted my dream job at the end, but I didn't know what that would be first. So I thought it would be a good idea to get any job and, you know, make good connections and especially have those connections as references people who will root for you when the recruiter comes calling and that was my strategy um just to get good references so i could get the jobs i want when i found out what i wanted to do yeah and retail also gives you a bit of trauma that is trauma. not the right word <laughs> <laughs> trauma i mean yeah i had bad customers well i had bad managers and customers oh my so. gosh yeah <laughs> yeah i remember your story but yeah you yeah, should just <laughs> blow up Every now and again. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And especially when I was the only one working at a shift and she would, you know, throw things around everywhere and um, be very, very stressed about her own KPIs. That's Mm -hmm. when it got the most tough. But I think it does teach you how to deal with that. And it gives you that amount of trauma from working. Yeah. It teaches you how to deal with weird people, weird and difficult people. Yeah, there's a lot less of that when it comes to tutoring and more of that when it comes to retail um, because generally more uneducated people will be working there. Not saying everyone there, you know, a lot of people there will be working towards their degrees and things like that. But yeah, yeah, the majority of people, you know, higher up in retail would be um, people who have started off in retail and just uh, worked on that career path. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. So you, you reckon that people who are looking to get into you know this part-time job thing should go through retail first and then maybe look at you know tutoring or other things that they're interested in and try and find jobs there well that's a good idea as well obviously tutoring is great but also if you're looking for a serious job you need good references so try to get someone who will root for you whether it's a student you're teaching or a boss yeah definitely references are really important when it comes to the the working world because when you go and apply for jobs that's um, something that they do do as a background check so what else did we have um so in terms of COVID-19 things that people today could do in order to help out with the community and to kind of grow within this online world that we have What are your thoughts on that? Because obviously the world has changed quite drastically since when we were in uni and since when we were in high school. You know, those part-time jobs which once were ubiquitous, like, you know, restaurants or cafes and fast food and retail, they are still there, but they're much, you know, A, it's more risky to work there. 
and with the constant lockdowns, it becomes really hard to keep yourself in a routine. How could you know people growing up today utilize the time that they have in order to grow in their skill set and also、um, do something outside of their daily studying? I think TikTok is a very very big thing that's just materialized because of COVID. TikTok and social media, and especially the gig economy, these are things that people are taking more advantage of now that everything is online and people are working from home. And I think that it really opens up new opportunities for people, and especially students, to build their skill sets and pursue things that they're more interested in. Online stores are becoming a huge thing. They're becoming something that's widely used rather than something that's just an afterthought for people, right? Yeah. Before it used to be. That you would default to going out to the store to buy whatever you wanted.、Yeah. Now the default is you go to an online store unless it's some very specific item that maybe you need the right size or something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. definitely, online stores are becoming a much bigger、um, selling point. Have a much bigger selling point now. So.、Mm. Especially with that... Instagram, like you can just create an Instagram account, people can just、yeah. buy things from you. And do do you want to tell people about your <laughs> adventure? Failed, failed baking adventure. <laughs> and by the way, there's gonna be so many failures that、yeah. you guys will have in、um, as you go through life. But in more importantly, you know, you're through your extracurriculars. Things just won't take off, and they won't stick, and you won't stick to them, and that's okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Tell them more about what you did. I mean, I didn't really do that much, dude. I okay, so I bake a lot, and my cookies are really good. I wanted to sell them. Her cookies are really good. <laughs>、uh, I have a yeah testament. Yeah, basically, I wanted to start a baking store on Instagram. However, that did not happen. I'm still thinking about it. I actually think about it a lot every day. It just. Hasn't stuck for some reason, and you know I've been busy with a lot of other things, which is the excuse I'm using. But I actually have been busy. <laughs> Steve, yeah, I think I th- you can attest to this. Yeah. But,、um, yeah. Sometimes your career, and especially like what you're doing day to day, really has a, a mental toll. You can't have the time that you need to dedicate to a venture like that. But、yeah. hey, now is a, a as good a time as ever. Exactly,、so. and. This is a really good reason as to why you should try out new things, especially if you're in high school, uni, and if you have a bit more free time, if you're not working full time. I think start something new and see where it takes you. Especially with the really digitalized market, it might take you, you know, to really big places. Good, or、yeah. it could take you nowhere, and that's fine. You'll have lots and lots of failures as you go along, but it's about learning from them. Definitely. Yeah, start your own bakery, online bakery. You can start your Um, you can start making some apps and websites and stuff. There's plenty of online resources for that. The conclusion out of this is just to put yourself out there and see what sticks. Thanks everyone for tuning Thanks, everyone. in to this podcast episode. We will be releasing another episode soon, so yes, stay tuned for that. I think it'll be about uni now, and we're looking through、um, friendships and relationships again. So might be a little bit spicy compared to the last relationships episode. Yeah, we'll just add some. Um, a little bit of chili flakes in there、mm. and some paprika. That would be. Yeah, some sambal, chili oil. What else、yes. is a spice? Paneer. Paneer. That's a cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can be spicy if you add it to spice. Just make it curry、yeah. at this point. What's what I'm best at? All right, we'll、okay. see you on the ep- next episode of curry. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone.